Hey, welcome back to Gospel Life 360. My name is Brother Jeff. Gospel Life 360 is where the gospel is at the center of every discussion we have. Gospel Life 360 is about a living and transforming life of following after Jesus Christ. It's about discovering who Jesus is in every moment and circumstance of our lives. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today and opening up the gospel together and discovering what God has to say to us in the world we live in today. I want to talk about wisdom from above. Uh, A lot of times when we are making decisions or investigating uh, how we need to make our choices, sometimes we allow the rationale or the wisdom of the world to really influence us instead of really spending time in God's Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal the mystery of God's wisdom to us so we can make the decisions that need to be made. Recently, I just started reading a book uh, by Dallas Willard. It's called The Divine Conspiracy. And there's a comment in here he made that I <laughs> kind of stuck with me. And I want to share with you. It says, absurdity reigns and confu- confusion makes it look good. And I think that's kind of in the world we live in today. It's just, you know, the confusion that's in the world. And yet we've got to convince ourselves we have the answer and we understand what's going on. And we make the best choice we possibly can with the evidence we have. God has given us the opportunity to have the wisdom that comes from above, uh, that we might live the life that God's called us to. And so I want us to open together the scriptures, open up the gospel, and discover exactly what God has to say to us and how we can uh, walk closer and understand to greater detail of how he wants us to live and and how we can go about living out what he's called us to be. We're going to start out here in James chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. He says, Who among you is wise? Again, uh, back in Jesus' day and in, in the disciples' day, they would gather together and have discussions in the town square, and and it was a big thing just to hear people, you know, just speak and, and share life and share their their decisions and thoughts and 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 their understanding of things, and people were were attracted to knowledge, and and again, knowledge is a good thing, but if it's not based upon the Word of God, it can lead us in the wrong direction. But he asked a question here: Who among you is wise in understanding? He says, let him who thinks he's is wise and he thinks he has understanding, let him show by his good behavior, his deeds and with, with gentleness of wisdom. Now, again, he's not talking about worldly wisdom, but he's talking about the humility of the wisdom that God gives us. You know, wisdom is not something we get, we get and we use it to, to prove to everybody else how smart we are, how, you know, under, how much understanding we have. But wisdom comes from God that we might receive it and give it and live it in humility. He says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. Now, again, he just talked about this gentle wisdom that God gives to us. And in contrast to that, he says, but if you have bitter jealousy and you have selfish ambition, and again, both of those get in the way when we think we have all the answers, when we have the wisdom we think we need, is sometimes we can have this jealousy toward somebody else that we're going to prove them wrong or we're going to prove that we're better. And there's this selfish ambition that comes about. We think we have uh, the ability to move forward and be successful and to overcome all the problems and step above people. He says, that's not the wisdom that comes from God. He says here that we should be arrogant. We should become arrogant and not be humble. He said, but we should not lie against the truth. He says, because this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, it's natural, it's demonic, He says, for where selfishness and jealousy exist, there is disorder. There is disorder, and every evil thing comes from it. But the wisdom from above is first what? Pure, then peaceable, then gentle, and reasonable. It's full of mercy 
and good fruits. It's unwavering and without hypocrisy. Now, if we just look at that description of what heavenly wisdom is all about, we have to ask ourselves, what we share and what we live out, do we see this kind of reaction, this kind of fruit from the wisdom that God's given to us? Do we see the fact that it, it, it brings peace, that's pure in its essence, that it becomes gentle? It's reasonable. It's full of mercy. It's not judgmental. It, uh, it says it's, it's got good fruits. It's unwavering. It doesn't change. And it's without hypocrisy. Much of the wisdom we hear today in the world is hypocrisy. It's, it's saying one thing and living another. It does bring no, no change in the world. Psalms 111 verse 10 says this, The fear of the Lord, the reverence and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom that God talks about. You see, God's not going to reveal his wisdom to us if we don't have a reverence for him. If we don't have a, a relationship with him, we have, understand his sovereignty and his holiness and his righteousness. And we allow that to be the, the determining factor. God is not going to reveal something to us when he sees our heart is full of pride and arrogance and selfishness and, and ambition that goes against what he's called us to be. So again, the beginning of our wisdom comes as we humble ourselves and walk in reverence to who God is and what his word says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3 says this. It says, And I, brethren, I could not speak to you as to spiritual men. He came and he wanted to teach and wanted to share some, some wisdom with the people of Corinth. He said, but I can't come to you and I can't do that because I can't speak to you as spiritual men. But I have to speak to you as men of flesh, as to babes in Christ. He says, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not yet able, for you are still what? Fleshly, worldly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like what? Mere men. You see, when we walk in this world as, as natural men, as we don't walk as a spiritual, being led by the Spirit and, and, and dying to ourselves, allowing Christ to manifest himself in our lives, that's the kind of wisdom we, we rely upon. Even though when we read God's Word, as we live our lives out, we're living like a natural fleshly man. And God says that he can't speak to us. He can't share those things to us because we're not spiritually mature enough to handle them. We wouldn't know how to handle them. We wouldn't. We would use it for our own benefit. Romans 11, again, I, I go through these scriptures very quickly, but I want you to write them down and I want you to see maybe how you're living your life out, what wisdom you're living your life by. Romans 11, verse 33 through 36 says this, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God. You see, there's an unending riches and, and unfathomable riches that God has given to us in the wisdom of, of knowing him and knowing his truth and knowing his purpose in our life. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? And the answer to those is no one. No one has 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 the mind of the Lord. No one can understand the depths of God. Uh, no one can be his counselor because he is sovereign and holy and righteous. It says, or who has first given to him that I might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Again, when we begin to have that reverence for God, when we begin to understand that all things belong to him, that everything comes from him and through him and to him, then we'll begin to really seek and to search the wisdom that comes from God. 
when we realize we do not have the answers and the world does not have the answers, the worldly wisdom and, and all the knowledge that the world can throw at us is not going to measure up to the wisdom that God called us to, that he wants to reveal and give to us as his children. In, in James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, it says this, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, all of us lack. We can never know the, the unfathomable riches of God's wisdom. So we should always be asking God for the wisdom that we need for the day we live in, for the purpose we are facing, for the for the, maybe the, the trouble, the conflict, or the, the, the decisions we need to make. We need to ask God for the wisdom to make the choice that needs to be made. Because it may go totally against what the world would, would recommend to us. For if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Again, when we do not ask in faith, we're always going to navigate back to our worldly understanding and wisdom. And when we do that, we find ourselves being tossed back and forth and, and, and the wind, wind of change that comes around in our world is, is pushing us in all kinds of different directions. He says, for let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. He says in verse 8, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Again, when the, when the follower of Jesus tries to live his life as a double-minded person, he will always be unstable in everything. When he tries to live trying to receive the wisdom of God and yet allowing the wisdom of the world to be part of his process of, of decision-making, he will always be unstable. You see, there's always peace that passes all understanding when we rely upon the wisdom of God. Because even though the things in front of us may not change, we know that God's given us wisdom to make the choice to wait upon God in the situation. So again, being a double-minded man, being that person who's trying to navigate, who's trying to manipulate even the wisdom of God with the wisdom of the world, he will always be unstable in everything that he does. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1-5 through says this, he says, when I came to you, and Paul's talking to the Corinthian church again, he says, when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom. In other words, I didn't come with you trying to impress you with what I knew, as if I knew more than you and I was better than you, and trying to use wisdom to impress you with what I have. He says, I proclaim to you the testimony of God. He says, for I determined, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the gospel. God says that's the wisdom. God, Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. The life of who Jesus is. Remember, the gospel is who Jesus is. It's what he's done. It's what, he, what he's presently doing in us and through us. And it's what he's promised us. The gospel is not a simple little thing. Even though it, it transforms our lives, it's not a simple thing. And understanding the fullness of all those things that God is, and Jesus is, is important for us to understand. And we can't allow ourselves to be double-minded in the process of that. He is the wisdom of God. He says, and I was with you, Paul says in verse 3. I was with you in weakness and in fear and reverence and in much trembling. He says, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. There again, he's, he's emphasizing the fact, I didn't come to you with the wisdom of the world, trying to convince you, trying to win the debate, trying to win the argument. I'm trusting in the wisdom of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm, t I'm trusting in the Holy Spirit to bring about your understanding of that mystery. He says here, but I came to you, he says, 
He says, not in these words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of God through the Holy Spirit. He says, so that, in verse 5, so that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. I think so many times men in the church today, uh, teaching, proclaiming the word of God, at least they think they are proclaiming the word of God. They're trying to get results. They're trying to persuade men to make a decision when it's only God who can bring that kind of conviction. It's only the wisdom of God brought about by the power of the Holy Spirit that brings about the change of men. It's our responsibility to speak the wisdom, the mystery of Jesus Christ and him crucified and allowing God to bring about the results in the end. So we should not try to bring the wisdom of, wisdom of the world to try to convince man. He said well, we should rest upon the wisdom of God and the power of God through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to close here in Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. He says that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery. Again, the mystery of the wisdom of God, and the wisdom of God is Jesus Christ in Him crucified, resulting in the true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ Himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. Did you hear that? Let me read it again. He's talking about in Christ Himself, in whom, in Christ, who is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and of knowledge. It is our relationship to him. It is our dependence upon him. It's our trusting on him being the wisdom of God and revealing that to us in the moments we need every single day to live out and to follow after Jesus Christ. He, say, he says, I say this in order that no one may delude you or deceive you with persuasive, persuasive argument. We must be grounded in the word of God. We must be grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That comes, it's a mystery to the world. They do not understand it. By the wisdom of the world, they crucified Christ. They had no idea who he was. And so when God reveals his mystery of the gospel, of, of, of the, the word of God to us, we can stand up to the, the deception and the delusion of the world. We are faced every single day, folks, with a, a growing wisdom that the world wants to throw at us and wants us to, to believe in and follow after. But we only find ourselves in a dark place. And if, if we as Christians continue to try to allow ourselves to try to balance out the wisdom of God with the wisdom of the world, we will continue as, as individuals and as a church to be a double-minded people and will be unstable in all of our ways. And God's glory will not be seen until we make up the mind to confess and repent and lean upon and rest upon the wisdom of God, who is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And that's the gospel.